2: Welcome to The Megan Kelly Show, your home for open, honest, and provocative conversations. Welcome to The Megan Kelly Show. I'm Megan Kelly, and here's a little extra for you. We decided to take some calls uh, from our audience members who have strong thoughts about the debate that happened on Fox News, and what better way to hear those thoughts than from the folks directly? We're going to kick it off with Lane in Texas. Lane, thanks for calling. What are your thoughts on how the debate went?
3: Hi, Megan. Um, two two thoughts on Ron DeSantis. I'm a Florida guy. I'm just traveling through Texas working. But um, I really wish when the Ukraine thing came up, I think people would have sat back in their seats if he would have said, hey, these are my feelings right now. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm right. But until I get in that office and I get briefings that no one else on the planet gets, um, I'm not one hundred percent, and I am open, open-minded. I think people would have sat up in their chair and said, "Whoa, honesty! How about that?" Yes. And, and the other thing is, well, maybe not. But the other thing is, we've had a couple of years in Florida to get to get used to this guy. He he never sleeps. He gets a lot done, but he is really he's hard to like, and he doesn't have time to make people like him. So I'm, I I kind of agree with you guys that he's not going to make it. So, hmm. You know, why those do you, are my wh- why is he hard or, to like? He just doesn't have any sense of humor. He's straightforward. And and he seems like if you disagree with him, he really comes at you hard. Um, Even though, you know, most people did agree with his stance on Disney. Um, You know, he got the bridge rebuilt through the hurricane in Fort Myers in three days. So he'd get supplies, but he's just, he's just there. He has no, no little he's not quick witted and, and he's just kind of kind of a boring guy, I, you know, but the guy's a worker. He gets everything done, but he's not going to be able to show the country that in time, I don't think. For it to I mean, help maybe
2: him. maybe just being the policy guy could have worked if there were not a Trump, but there is a Trump. And so something extraordinary is going to be required for any of these guys, you know, unless yep. God forbid something terrible happens to Trump. Um, and then the field goes back to the, re, respectfully, again, the B team last night. Um, they're not going to get it done. Something extraordinary would have to happen. And I, it didn't last night, wasn't it? Lane, thank you mm-hmm. for calling in. Uh, let's go to Anne in you. Arizona. Anne, hi. What are your thoughts on the debate?
4: You well, know, I just thought. Nothing they said up there changed my mind one moment i have three daughters i you know i'm not really focused on women's issues but they never even asked about the whole girls in sports the trans kids things and that kind of stuff really upsets me like makes me stand in my chair and go what the f is going on in this country
2: but lane we had a question on ufos i mean i just thought it was so ridiculous
4: Right. Right. I have, I actually, all my daughters are swimmers. When the Leah Thompson thing happened, I was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I live in a city that's very liberal, very liberal. Me and my conservative girlfriends, we have to huddle together to discuss like issues of what do you think about this? What do you think about this? If we say things to our liberal friends, they like are crazy, 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 crazy. And I'm really, you know, I have been a Trump supporter, not from day one, but I did vote for him twice. I actually have a daughter who's like a huge Trump supporter. Um, and I'm really worried about him being our candidate then, because Why? I see the hate on the other side demotivating hate. I mean, it's visceral. The Trump derangement syndrome is crazy where I live. And I see it and I'm like, I wish he just wouldn't have entered. You know, will I vote Mm -hmm. for him if he's our candidate? Yeah. If I get the chance not to vote for him in the primary, I will. But Arizona is one of the last. So by the time it gets to us, like, okay, I'll go vote, you know. Um, Same. I mean, I've been living in New
2: York and Connecticut, and our votes don't count. I mean, we all know those states are going blue. By the way, it's Anne. Sorry, I called you Lane. That was our last caller. Keep going.
4: And that's okay. That's okay. Um, You know, um, I live in Arizona. I'm actually a Texan. I live in Arizona. But I see the California migration into Arizona, into Texas. And that scares the hell out of me. Because those people aren't coming here and going, oh, I love free Arizona and free Texas. They're Arizona is now a blue state, pretty
5: much mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, our what do you think. Recently, I mean, here's the question,
4: you know, because I think
2: Trump Trump okay. would say and he would say they're going to they're going to hate any Republican nominee and try to destroy them the, the way they are me. I think you could definitely make that case on DeSantis. They, they hate him for sure. Um, yeah, maybe Vivek, yeah. who's upsetting them right now, or certainly will if he keeps talking the way he did last night. But what do you do you really do you think he's wrong? Somewhat. Um, he there is something
4: particular about him. That drives people insane. Passed mm-hmm. from day one. Like DeSantis, during the whole COVID thing, when he would come back at the media and he would actually, you know, like they would ask him questions and he would be like, what are you talking about? We did this, 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 and fire off like four, five facts of why they were wrong. I would like stand up and go, yes, somebody actually explained why that person is a jerk asking that question. Whereas like Trump is just, oh, fake news, you're an idiot, whatever, name calling, whatever. You know, name-calling doesn't really bother me, but it does a lot of people. And I actually like Vivek. I think he's super smart. I think he comes at the questions directly, sort of yeah. like DeSantis um, used to. But he's really young. And, like, some of his policy positions I think are a little too, like, extreme for me. Like, let's just ban everything and start over. Well, that's not going to work. We need to work with some reform. <laughs> To get some of these people out, I don't know what that's going to look like, but you know, I just don't want to be like, "Oh, let's ban the FBI." Well, you know, there is a purpose for the FBI.
2: Yes, there is. Yeah, and I know it's some of the stuff that just uh, sounds good. It sounds good to a faction of the Republican base, but realistically, do we want to get rid of the group that's searching out, you know, terrorists uh, from other countries who are here laying in wait, trying to hurt us again? I don't know. Um, Down to the studs is one thing, but don't. But keep the studs, at least, and rebuild.
4: And like child trafficking. I'm a huge proponent of what's going on with child trafficking. I'm like, I don't understand why the Democrats are okay with open borders when it causes women to be raped and children to be raped all through Mexico on their way here. And then when they get here, we don't even check who's brought them across. How the yeah. Democrats even okay with that, and then and then I watched the Republicans answer stuff, and I'm like, "That's your answer? I'm like, you can't be more direct on that.
2: Like, you can't come at that, you know." Even if they're wrong, without, right? It would be so nice to see them take a risk. That's what I liked about Vivek is just right. He, he'll take a risk, even if he's wrong. He's bold about it, and I think he would he would admit I was wrong or my 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 thinking changed. And I, you, you know, like our first guest was saying, our first caller. I think the party would forgive him for that evolution. But right now you can tell when they're lying and they're doing the politician thing. And it's just I mean, if we still had the old funny Saturday Night Live, couldn't they be having a field day on what we saw? On Wednesday night, with like the pen, super serious, with the furrowed <laughs> brow and the long pauses and the repeated references to his faith, and then the Vivek with like the huge toothy smile and the making fun of everybody, finger in the air, and you come here and hug me, big guy. And like, there's just so many, such a funny cast of characters. But you know, authenticity probably hard to find. Listen, thank you for calling, Anne. Such a pleasure talking to you. Let's keep going. Uh, Linda in California is on the line. Hi, Linda. What are your thoughts on the debate?
4: Hi, Megan. Well, um, first, I want to say thank you for standing up for girls sports. Um, I am retired military, uh, a nurse. I feel like they've missed the opportunity to address us independence. And I feel we're the ones Mm -hmm. that are going to be deciding this election. It's not the people who are going to vote on. They're going to vote for Trump. And it's not the people in the Biden. It's gonna be us in the middle and how they choose to move us over to their side. And I think last night, they all missed it. Um, I was liberal, pretty liberal, independent, and now I'm pushing more, they're pushing me over to more conservative. I was, I am in San Diego, but I moved to Nevada. I'm one of those people that have moved over to a different state. But I think everyone should be thinking, What about the independents? How are we going to get them to see our side? And I feel like I'm totally ignored by both parties.
2: Mm, It's so hard. You know, the Republican Party's been having this debate for many years. And I think of somebody like Ann Coulter, who's been sounding the alarm, saying the answer is not to go more moderate for the love of God. Pick a true conservative, rally the conservative base, they will turn out in droves. That's how you win elections. She did not like McCain, for example. She did not like Romney. She she did like Trump because she's pretty much a single issue voter on immigration. Um, and this time around, she's pushing DeSantis very hard and can't stand Trump. But they, they've been debating within themselves for years about do you sort of excite the base or do you play more for the general and think about independence like you, Linda? And I don't know that they've you know figured it out.
4: Because I think, really, when we look at it, who's going to tip the scale? It's going to be me. It's going to be the people like me. And that's what they need to be focusing on. It's not going to be the strict Republicans and the strict Democrats. You know, what can make me choose their side? I don't like either one of them, to be honest. I was very um, open to hearing all the different Republican candidates last night. But, you know, there were a lot of questions that they didn't ask that I wanted to hear you know, I didn't want to hear about UFOs. I did want to hear about, I'm a nurse practitioner. I do care about the uh, children in this country and what they're doing to them. I do care about the schools. That was very, the education part of this was um, very small, but, you know, yeah. and the military, I, I don't know if we really even talked about that in any detail. You know,
2: that's, something that's a good point. That is a good point, because honestly, like having having worked at Fox, I saw them doing like tipping the hat to the patriotism with the national anthem. Uh And then the uh, at the end, a question about the waning patriotism. How about a question on the military and the recruiting problems? How about like instead of like the showiness of like, oh, we love America, we're Fox, we're, we're, you know, we're paying homage. Actually ask a substantive question, like get to something that that matters to military men and women like yourself.
4: It's very sad. I have a son in the military still too. And the, you know, recruitment, you know, what are we going to do? What are the risks? You know, I did like the questions about China and Russia, but you know, they didn't even really get to touch on it so much. I didn't get to hear from each person what their, you know, I think they were so busy fighting each other and tried to upstage each other in a way that I didn't get to hear the meat and potatoes of what they each stand for, you know, and mm-hmm. I listen to you all the time. Um, you know, I feel like I'm the Joe Plumber from years ago when they look at him. You know, I'm the person that everyone's ignoring, and there's yeah. so many of us. There's a lot of us out here, and I hope that they at the next debate they start asking these questions or at least giving them more time each individual. Um, well, here's the good thing: they're, have-
2: they're probably going to have, I think, ten, maybe eleven debates if they do it the way they did it last time. So you will get these issues addressed eventually. Thank you for your service, and thank you for calling. Uh, Let's keep going. Jeff in Illinois. Hi, Jeff. What are your thoughts?
6: Hi, Megan. I absolutely love your show. Um, So my thought is that many people have said that with the debates last night that uh, DeSantis and Ramaswamy did not hit a home run, they needed to close the gap, and they only hit a single. What would your definition be of a home run? Because I thought they both did well.
2: I I'll give you an example. If I were Ron DeSantis, who's been as solid as they come on the issue we were just discussing, uh, the transing of young kids, I would have said, you know, something to the effect of. I think one of the problems we're having in this country is we're losing our tether on reality. We're actually transitioning little boys into a fake version of a little girl. And that man at the end of the stage, Asa Hutchinson, who has no business being up here, he has zero shot in this race, uh, who's taking time from valuable candidates who actually do have a shot, is part of the problem. Let me give you an example of what he did. And boom, it doesn't even, it, it's not because Asa Hutchinson is a threat. It's to show us who you are, what you stand for, and that you're a fighter. And you can put our concerns into words in a way that will excite us and resonate with us. DeSantis didn't do it. He can do it, but he didn't do it. And then he had Vivek who kind of tried to do it. Um, I thought his best answer was on the climate change. I know that you know some people found it controversial, but when he started going off on the climate change, I thought it was great on education. I thought it was really good. He, he probably came the closest And the others really just kept interjecting to snipe at one another, which is fine. You can try to take somebody out, but like you got to quickly pivot it to something that's really going to make me say, yes, as the kids would say, yes, queen, you know, that that's what I would say. What do you think, Jeff?
6: Um, I I thought um, they all did well. Um, I thought DeSantis did well. There's all this talk about him being so stiff. He's a military man. I love the military people. He's not a slobbering slouch that he's a military guy. (laughs) He's strong in his convictions. And I like him and he's done well in Florida. And I mean, just look at his track record. So he's well-spoken. He's respected, kind of the opposite of what I think uh, the Republicans are going against. And all of this, all of these issues, I, I just don't understand. Just even from a neutral standpoint, southern borders wide open, fentanyl, people being raped. I, I just don't understand it. None of it makes sense. Um, all these issues today, you know, the, the energy, we need to bring energy back to be self sufficient like we had with Trump. It just doesn't make any sense. I, I'm So what
2: is that what does that mean to, to you? Just, who who do you, do you who do you support right now?
6: It's so hard because there were so many good people last night and I think it'll get whittled down in time. I like DeSantis, Vivek has his uh, his moments. Um, I like what he has to say. Maybe he's too young and he needs a little more seasoning, but I love his ideas. Um, I, I like Tim Scott. There's so many that have so so many great ideas. And when you compare all those candidates to what we have presently and the DOJ and what's happening at all, and it's like, is this it's insane what's happened? There's no common sense. The, the law abiding, taxpaying citizen seems to get penalized. And all of them, I would take any of them over what we have now, but I kind of lean towards DeSantis. But all of them have great ideas.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, it's good for the RNC to have 10, 11 debates. Keep putting them out there. Keep exposing the electorate to their ideas that, you know, from that perspective, it's an advantage to have to be in the non-incumbent position. Though, historically, it's very hard to convince the country to fire an incumbent, which is what they're asking. Thank you for calling, Jeff. We appreciate it. And thanks for listening. Let's go to Vicki in Michigan. Hi, Vicki. What are your thoughts?
7: Hi, Megan. I have three things that you spoke about. Um, One, did I watch Fox News debates? No. I quit watching Fox News during the COVID crash. When they start pushing stuff, I, I said, all right, this. I knew I would see the highlights, you know, on social media, yeah. on the news. It's, I'm not going to waste my time. Trump's the front runner. He's got my total support. He did 2016, 2020, and he still does. So and, and I how watched about, Tucker. Wh-
2: yeah, keep going. Keep going. Sorry.
7: I watched Tucker and Trump and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a sit down at the table and have a conversation. And mm-hmm. so that's what I did. The Trump stuff was hilarious. Is,
2: he made me laugh. Yeah, good well, to your it third
7: was, point. Wasn't it? It, it yes. was. It was hilarious. I loved when he <laughs> talked about Chris Wallace, when he talked about know. Donald
8: Harris. Oh my I know. I loved when amazing. he talked
7: about Joe Biden on the beach. It's like. Trump. And know? the
2: video of every, the he's one right, thing, those skinny legs.
7: I know it's like, oh, please. So but, you know, on one of the highlights that I did see today on Fox, I was extremely disappointed. This big of democracy across the back, the backstage
5: yeah. and not
7: one single American flag. What's with that? So un- it's is so unlike them. But America. You know, this about America, our president. Not one single flag was up there.
2: Hmm, I didn't so, notice that. Yeah, I did notice to- you got you got somebody like Vivek who now suddenly is wearing the American flag pin. He never was wearing an American flag pin. I like that. I don't like it's like, right. come on. If you don't wear it normally, <laughs> right? Don't wear it now. What? Well, I guess okay. Now you're running for president, but please, like, if you are that patriotic, I know lots of people who wear the American flag pin who are not running for president, Um and they tend to be right. ex-military. They're they, they love the country, but it's whatever. They're everybody. I don't like it when people use it.
7: Exactly. I have the American flag flying in my front yard, you know. But
2: yeah,
7: it's not because I'm a certain political party. It's my country, you know. Yeah, and yep. Yeah. Don't be something you're not just because you're running for a position.
2: Yes. That's one thing I like about Chris Christie. I will say, you know, he's authentic. You know, he's sort of authentically a prick, but he is authentic about it. Like he's like, this is what I stand for. I'm pissed off. I can't stand Trump. I don't like what's happened to my party. And I'm just going to say it. Like, I I don't I don't detect any false notes from the guy.
7: Exactly. Exactly. And you're right. He's a prick. (laughs) So in regards to you had said on your program earlier today, you know, the had stated, you know, Trump's been like the best president ever. Why is he running? Yeah. I have a thought and it goes into another topic that I was ready to talk about because I didn't think you were going to. And you did at the end. I think the Vic is running for a just in case, just mm. in case Trump is indicted, you know, is charged with something,
2: is convicted. Just yeah. in
7: case, right? Just in case, and I pray to God every night, and I ask your viewers to the protection of President Trump and his family that an assassination attempt oh is not
2: That gave me a chill. I know. I mean, that's. I mean, I just can't even imagine the chaos that would ensue. God forbid that happened. He's very well protected, thankfully, as he should be, as he needs to be. um, but do you get the sense that there are some who would root for it? There are some who would actually think he deserves it. uh that some sort of death penalty for being incendiary politically. I, I just I mean, w- why would they stop? like a Tucker is asking good questions they they continue to up the ante against the guy, and he's unstoppable. He continues to not lie down and um you know they want him to be a a good dog and to lie down and he won't do it. Uh listen, thank you for calling. Really really good talking to you Viggy. All the best. I appreciate you weighing in with everything. Let's keep going. Uh Steve is in New York. Hi Steve. What are your thoughts on this whole thing, the debate, the candidates?
8: Well, first I want to say I'm from the Syracuse area, so I have a special oh. place, uh for you and uh, nice. I was speaking to my son, my son just graduated high school and his um, his friend, she's going into pre law, and I told her that she should check out your book and l- look at your career, and and say you know it doesn't matter what law school you go to as long as you you work hard and that's you right can, you know graduate well. at the top of it. So.
2: <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. I love Syracuse. Yeah. Every time I go back there, put on the John Denver, it brings up a tear. I love the neighborhoods there. They're just set, like a great place to raise a family. Cold and gray and snowy for sure. But it's right. kind of it toughens you up. And then when you go to the rest of the country and you see them freak out about two flakes of snow, you have a good laugh and you think more of yourself.
8: Right. <laughs> right. Well, you know what, it's a little scary. I mean, you haven't been around the area in a long time, but basically on the radio, um, th- there's like a stabbing or a shooting like almost every night. Oh my god. in in, in Syracuse, and it, it, so the crime is, is just terrible up there. I mean, I don't live uh, like literally I live out in the country on Route 20. So a little okay. ways away. But it's just it's just pretty scary. You know that. But it's uh, happening all the over. The um, you know, the, the the caller that you had was talking about the independence. And I was thinking that, you know, um, I listen to Ben and I'm a big fan of him as well. And Michael and, and all them. But I listen to you every every day also. But one of the things is they're talking about Trump winning the the, the uh, primary. What's the path in the general election? What What's going to happen mm-hmm. in Wisconsin, in Georgia, in Pennsylvania, in Arizona, Nevada, those states? And that's what really worries me.
2: Yeah, you're
8: you know, not alone. I'm a big Trump supporter, you know. And but what, what I was going to say to you is that, you know, women are such a huge key to this. You know, and the the moms those those two women that you have the the, it's a no, it's a hard no. Yes, Carrie and Britt. Uh, Carrie and Britt. Yeah. What what what's their thing? They're called Uh, the um the organization. The battle cry. The battle cry. The battle battle cry. Those those women are going to be so important because that's who we need with with the transing the children. And, you know, the indoctrinating of children and all that, the the growth and homeschool and stuff like that, that's just huge.
2: I know. know, And if if Joe Biden is reelected or whoever winds, I mean, God only knows whether Biden can make it, Harris, Newsom, what have you, we're going to get so much more of it. They're actively working every day to open the door to more trans procedures for young ones, for more kink in our K through 12 education system for persecution of parents who object to it, for the firing of anybody who doesn't go along with the madness. It's it, like a lot, most people are living their lives They're not paying active attention to the amount of incentives Joe Biden has put in the federal government to schools. And, and you can go down the list workers um, for creating these kinds of programs and rewarding these kinds of programs. And this guy, you know, Rachel Levine, who's out there trying to praise clinic after clinic that wants to trans kids and get rid of the word women that's all on Joe Biden that we're on a very dangerous path right now so the GOP needs to choose the right person and then i get why people think it's trump he's extremely strong he seems to have his pulse on the like the finger of the electorate like he's he seems to actually see things in a way not everybody does about what's coming down the pike but he did lose in 2020. And even if you think he lost because it's rigged, it's going to be rigged again. And so it's almost like whoever the Republican is, if they're going to win, they have to win by an overwhelming landslide. And so the, you're really asking not just whether Trump could, could eke it out the way he did in 16. You're asking, could he win in a landslide? Could, which of these guys or gals could win in a landslide? Because that may be what's required. It's scary, Steve.
8: Well, you talk you talk about Vivek, and and I don't know if you've heard him, him uh, talk about it, but he's talked about how he could win in a landslide because he's not as divisive as Trump, right? They don't have a built-in opinion of him, and that's one of the reasons he says, you know, I could win because of you know that fact that it's he doesn't have. The I get that. that. Hate him so much, right? But
2: I listen to you some know? of the. I like to listen to the lefty media too, just to see what they're saying, and the, the mm-hmm. they're promoting Vivek right now because. They like a divided field. A divided field is is great because that means Trump wins and they think they can beat Trump. Um, They do not want it consolidating into a two man race, you know, Trump versus somebody. So, okay, great. They'll promote Vivek for a little while. But you already hear the seeds being planted far right. That's what I was hearing about Vivek repeatedly today. Far right. The far right candidate. Because he said things like the climate change agenda is a hoax, which, by the way, is not the same thing as saying climate change is a hoax. He's saying the agenda. And I think even Michael Schellenberger would come on and agree with you, uh, who used to work for Greenpeace. In any event, um, agree with the vague. So they'll, you know, they, by the time they're done with him, is what I'm trying to say, he will not be an acceptable option that could win a landslide. They, I don't know who could be. Maybe Nikki Haley. I don't know. Probably no Republican. But, it's going to have to be somebody, the only person who could potentially win over, you know, the really moderate independence is somebody who would probably not be acceptable to the core base, at least when Trump is still in the race. So it's just like the Republican Party's internal civil war is hurting it. And, you know, in all honesty, it's probably going to cost it the next election. Like if you had to put money on who's going to win, even with Joe Biden in the state he's in, you'd have to put it on him, given the fracturing. Inside the GOP. Uh, it's it's dark. All right, Steve, thank you for calling. I'm going to get some other callers in. Let's go to Jessica in New York. Hi, Jessica.
5: Hey, Megan. I'm so glad to talk to you. Your show is awesome. I try to listen most days. Um, thank you. But I wanted to call in because I listened to your show, and while I usually do agree with you on most things, um, your take on the debate, I had a, a few different opinions. Um, but I love Trump voted for him twice very enthusiastic you know supporter of Trump but I was disappointed that he didn't participate in the debate and um, it was I felt like after watching that there were some good options as Republican candidates and there I felt like I was surprised by some of the candidates as well I've always I've never really liked Nikki Haley there was just something about her I just kind of I don't know. I just didn't really, wasn't ever enthralled by her, but I did like her after the debate. I liked how she seemed like a fighter and she, you know, she explained things um, in a way that made sense. Like for example, the Ukraine, when her and Vivek were going back and forth about It was a good moment for her. Yeah, because I tend to agree maybe with Vivek, but I'm not a, a big supporter of Ukraine. I never really jumped on that ship when everyone's hanging their flags out and just, throwing their support behind them. Um, and just, was, you know, I always kind of question that. And so I, I really appreciate how she explained it from her perspective, being in foreign policy, why we shouldn't abandon them and, and still continue to support them. You, you know, know, there's, um, this, there's such
2: a large group within the Republican Party that's more in the Trump, Tucker, now Vivek field. I've got to be honest, I think Vivek is just glomming on. I don't know that Vivek has any th- strong thoughts on po- foreign policy. I suspect he watches Tucker and says what Tucker says. That's my suspicion. Sorry. Um, but I think he's sort of like I think he's modeling himself more after Tucker than he is after Trump. Uh, in any event, there's a lo- a large strain in the Republican Party that is over the Ukraine war. And I mean, I understand her. Right. We've had her on the show. I get her. I, I just don't know if it's I don't know. I don't know if that's a winning argument for her. Uh, but I hear you. She was good. I liked her. I didn't expect her to be so present and vibrant last night. She she fought her way in there. She talked about her military husband. Appreciated all that. But you know, realistically, it doesn't look good for Nikki. I'm going to take some other callers, Jessica. Thank you. Thanks again for calling. Uh, let's go to, let's say, Carrie in Texas. Hi, Carrie. What's on your thought, on your mind?
9: Hi, Megan. Hi, how are you? I'm great. Good. I could talk to you forever, but okay. So I called because... I get, and your other caller touched on this a little bit, Uh, I think the one from New York. So I get that a lot of people don't think that the election was stolen or manipulated, and it's, I just don't understand how people can see the videos of the ballot stuffing and see the girl in Georgia send everybody home, she pulls out a stack, she scans the same things like four or five times, And why are the Democrats so against voter ID if they are not cheating? I just don't understand it. And true, Mm. the vote, I think, is in federal court today over 67, I think 67,000 ballots that were in Georgia that were, I don't know, I really just heard a little bit about it. But I'm just like, I don't understand why everybody just throws off the whole cheating because it's obvious that Joe Biden did not get 81 million votes. I don't care how many times Well many that's the problem it. It is if you if happen. you
2: look at you know Georgia they've gone over it time and time again and Brian Kemp has you know called for a comprehensive review over and over and over again and a lot of those claims collapsed upon further scrutiny you know with the ballot stuffing when when you actually took a deeper dive into it it turned out not to be true Rudy Giuliani's given testimony under oath now down there that some of the things he was saying were not true and those don't get publicized as well you know, to people like you who are living your life, you're not spending your days going over the allegations of voter fraud. So you don't hear the follow up about how this this one fell apart and that one fell apart. That's not to say that this was a fair election or that it was, you know, that it wasn't um, you can say rigged, but it was certainly pushed in a way for the Democrat that was grossly unfair. The real problem is they're going to do it again. The stuff that they got away with, they're going to do again. They got away with it. It's not illegal. Uh, you know, the Facebook money, the suppression of the bad news about Hunter, the laptop, the suppression of bad news about Joe Biden. You know, look look at what Chris Wallace did in that debate with stuffing the the Trump claims about the widow of the Moscow mayor paying the three point five million. Let Joe Biden get away with saying it's false. It's false. It's false. Now we know it was 100 percent like all these things where the media makes a big difference going to happen again, going to happen again. And there's not really a great plan by the RNC or anybody else to change it, especially the mail-in, the mail-in ballots. Now it's just like, okay, well, let's do the mail-in ballots too. Okay, well they tend to be better at that. But I, I hear you, and I don't think there's a good answer right now. Thank you for calling in. Let me get some other callers. Uh, let's see, Keith in Indiana. Hi, Mike Pence's home state. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, um, your show's terrific. I'm glad I found it on Sirius XM. What I wanted to discuss is how I keep hearing that Mike Pence did not have the power to do what Trump was requesting. Maybe that's true. Maybe it isn't. I guess it's true now. But Congress actually did something near the end of last year to clarify that issue. Why would they they have done that if, in fact, he did not have that power potentially?
2: That's that's a good question that Trump has been raising this. And I think the answer is they just wanted to make extra clear because they thought there was some slight ambiguity in the law. But they did not believe for one second that that ambiguity made it possible.
1: He thought that there was a sliver of a chance that it did. Sometimes the law does get pushed to the limits. So I don't think he was totally that is Trump out of his mind to at least pursue it. And I keep hearing. I understand
2: did not. I do not think Mike Pence had that power and I don't think it was ambiguous at all. I don't think the revision of the law was necessary. And I do think that, uh, you know, on the GOP side, can you imagine? Can you imagine if Joe Biden lost to Trump this time around and Kamala Harris refused to certify the vote when she was counting it and changed it and made Democratic fake electors and gave the election to Joe Biden? (laughs) It's a no. It's a hard no. So we have to maintain our principles when it comes to these constitutional provisions that have long been abided. It really was just Mike Pence's job to count. That was literally all he was supposed to do
1: think the founders thought that when this system was set up, that the vice president's supposed to be there just to count numbers. I don't know about that. I wonder.
2: It's ceremonial. I think they had I mean, a little bit more been. faith
1: in people over things like that and that maybe they could do things that needed to be done. Well,
2: maybe you can have electors decide not to follow the will of the people. That was built right into the Constitution. Um, but he was asking for something different, uh, Trump Trump wanted Pence to actually ignore the electors who were there and to go with a different set of electors that he was submitting in any event. Um, you know, it's he's still he's going to be prosecuted for all of that. I don't think it was a crime. And it's uh, been, you know, now written down that absolutely in no way, shape or form are you allowed. Keith, thank you for calling. Uh, appreciate it. Let's go to Holly in Georgia. Hi, Holly. What are your thoughts?
4: um, I just have to say, you were the first podcast that I listened to ever, and I've been listening to you from the beginning, and now I listen to a lot of other podcasts, too, but you're the best. Nice. Thank you. Thanks for coming um, on board. uh, (laughs) I had listened to the debate last night and then went to bed, didn't look at anything, didn't listen to anything, and just thought about what happened, and I totally agree that Tim Scott and... Asa and Bergam are done. I, I just don't mm-hmm. see how they move forward from here. Um, on the other note of that, I did get my $20 uh, gift card from Bergam. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> good for you. What a good book to read. <laughs> anyway, so um, Vivek stole the show, but it just seemed like it was too much. But I think he, he's going to, he, Definitely made a name for himself. But again, Nikki Haley, she, I, I I had cast her off as not being able to make it. She did a really good job last night Mm -hmm. and I was impressed.
2: She stood Uh, her own. That's um, for sure.
4: um, Pence on the other hand, he talked a lot.
2: He was combative. He had a lot more chutzpah than I've ever seen him have, but I still don't think he's got what it takes. Can I say something? This is like maybe people find this a weird question because I'm not exactly a flag flying feminist and I'm not into identity politics either. But I will tell you something. I watched the debate with my husband and my three kids, including my daughter, who's 12. And I was really glad there was a woman on the stage. I really was glad I was. And I was glad she was so strong. She didn't give an inch. She was aggressive. She was combative. I do think it's good for, you know, kids like my daughter to see that and just sort of, you know, there's the old, if you can see it, you can be it. It's not that I'm in favor of affirmative action for women or anybody else. It's just, it's great that Nikki Haley is in the race and fought hard to be in the race and came back against all these guys who didn't want anything to do with her to to make her arguments. You know, whether she wins is a different story, but it's, ah, whatever. I enjoyed seeing her up there.
4: 100% agree. Uh, I always like to see a strong woman. Um, And there needs to be more of us out there who will say what we think and not back
9: down.
2: Amen. Thank you so much for calling in. Thanks, Holly, for being one of them. And thanks to all of our, our listeners and our viewers for spending the extra time calling in for the show. Just really have that need to hear not just from pundits, but from our people. Uh, and, you know, we're open minded to all these guys here on the Megan Kelly show. We're going to call it like we see it. If we think they fall, we're right sometimes we're maybe not so right sometimes, but it's fun to talk about it with all of you it's really here it's, it's fun to hear your points of view thank you for informing us and don't forget we'll be back on monday with Stu Bergier and dave marcus don't miss that thanks for listening to the megan kelly show no bs no agenda and no fear